Welcome to the Dermatology Podcast, the official podcast of the European Academy of Dermatology and Venereology. I'm Christopher Horskamp. And I'm Cecilia Mitwash. And we are your hosts. Back by popular demand, we are coming to you with more challenging situations in cosmetic dermatology with Professor Ashraf Badawi. We should not entertain people asking for certain procedures without the appropriate uh, justification from our scientific point of view as doctors. But before we get into that, face-to-face courses are back. Specialists, residents, and now nurses all have the possibility to attend EADV-organized courses. We are looking forward to meeting you in some of the most beautiful cities in Europe. To see what's coming up next, go to eadv.org and check under face-to-face education. And... If you're not an EADV member, have you thought about becoming one? Benefit from access to on-demand webcasts, online courses, medical journals, including EADV's esteemed JEADV, over 20 textbooks, reduced fees for congresses and symposia, and much, much more. Just go to eadv.org under membership for more information. And now? So here's the background. A little bit ago on the Dermatology Podcast, we revisited an EADV live webcast entitled Challenging Situations in Cosmetic Dermatology with Professor Ashraf Badawi. In that episode, he discussed whether you should stop an anticoagulant for thrombosis to prevent bruising after cosmetic procedures, what changed during the pandemic, and can ablative laser plumes harm operating room personnel? The episode was so popular, here we are again. Yes, the feedback we got from you all and the number of downloads showed us that this is a subject that you want more of. Fortunately for us, we can bring you part two, where Professor Badawi discusses laser and light-based therapies and injectables in autoimmune diseases, particularly lupus, and gives suggestions how to and when not to treat patients with psychological disorders seeking aesthetic procedures. Let's give a listen as Professor Badawi goes further into the subject. Aesthetic procedures in patients with autoimmune diseases. Uh, I think, again, this is uh, something which uh, we are starting to face very frequently as the aesthetic procedures are becoming more popular and many people demand aesthetic procedures. And also the autoimmune disease um, are uh, maybe growing in number, but more importantly, more population of autoimmune diseases are seeking aesthetic procedures. So it is really becoming a challenge. It's becoming a topic which we need to discuss. An article published in the American Academy of Dermatology in 2020 it was talking about cosmetic treatment in patients with autoimmune connective tissue disease with a special focus on lupus erythematosus. And here they wrote dermatologists lack guidelines regarding the use and safety of various reconstructive and cosmetic interventions in patients with autoimmune diseases. Laser treatments are largely avoided in the lupus population because of the possible photodamaging effect of ultraviolet and visible light. Similarly, given the autoimmune nature of those diseases, some physicians avoid injectable treatment and grafts because of the concern of disease reactivation via antigenic stimulation. So it's important now when we are talking about such diseases to understand the impact on quality of life and the psychological well-being. So lupus is a cosmetically disfiguring condition and its occurrence on 
uh, easily visible skin, specifically the face and upper extremities, may have a profound impact on quality of life and psychological well-being, leading to anxiety, depression, and low self-esteem. And all those are motivations for patients to seek aesthetic procedures. Although there is limited literature measuring the impact of cosmetic treatment in patients with lupus, studies using cosmetic camouflage reported improvement in the health-related quality of life measures by the Dermatology Life Quality Index and Cognitive Behavior Therapy and Appearance Enhancement Counseling have been found to improve body image and quality of life. What about the use of laser and light-based therapy? The use of low-fluence uh, uh, influences with those devices is hypothesized to reduce the risk of laser-induced disease exacerbation. Stress is relieved and also the treatment uh, can have an effect and there are so many studies about using uh, IPL and pulse dye laser uh, in treating uh, uh, lupus lesions. Early treatment with pulse dye laser is hypothesized to prevent progression to scarring disease. Many published reports document the positive response to laser and intense pulsed light treatment in patients with lupus erythematosus. Now, I would like just here to emphasize that when we are talking about photosensitivity and lupus and some immune disorders, uh, autoimmune disorders are having photosensitivity. So when we are talking about photosensitivity, this is linked to the ultraviolet. Lasers, most of them are either visible or infrared. Of course, uh, ultraviolet laser, which is the eczema laser used to treat psoriasis and vitiligo, but we are not talking about that laser when we are talking about laser for hair removal or laser for vascular lesions or laser for rejuvenation or whatever. All those are not ultraviolet lasers, and I don't think they there is any risk that they can exacerbate the condition. On the contrary, as we can see in the different reports, uh, some lasers can be used in order to improve and get the skin in a much better uh, status and uh, improve the scarring or prevent the scarring. What about injectables? Injectable treatment in patients with lupus, similar to other autoimmune or connective tissue disorders, has long been avoided because of the theoretical risk of disease exacerbation or reactivation caused by tissue stimulation. Despite the theoretical risk of disease reactivation after tissue stimulation, there are no reports in the literature of lupus reactivation after reconstructive injectable treatment. Performing fat transfer during active disease or while on corticosteroid treatment is hypothesized to result in impaired outcomes. And those are studies which showed the injectable treatments in patients with lupus. So we can see a study in 2011, another one in 2013, and 2009, and finally in 2016. And uh, all of them, if we look at the side effects, we can see none in all the studies. There is one study which is in 2016 where the follow-up is supposed to happen for nine years. And after nine years, results are satisfactory and maintained. So we can see that uh, there is no uh, side effects, there is no risk. And this is uh, the, the studies a screening for the studies uh, in the article I mentioned, uh, where it is showing that there is no risk of deterioration or any uh, significant side effects happened. The last topic I would like to touch uh, now is the patients with psychological disorders seeking aesthetic procedures. And this is, I think, one of the most important challenges and most, most important topics uh, of today's talk.
So it's important to remember that the goals of cosmetic procedures uh, is patient satisfaction. And this patient satisfaction is achieved not only from a good aesthetic result, but also by meeting patient psychological goals. Some psychological conditions, behavioral patterns, or life situations predisposed to this satisfaction of the outcome. So even if we did a good job for those people, they are not going to be satisfied anyway. So this is important to read and diagnose before we start doing anything for that patient. Why psychological factors should be considered? Because patients look for more than improvement of physical appearance. Because screening out patients who shouldn't have procedures can prevent frustration for the practitioner and for the patient. Combined psychological technique with cosmetic procedure could help. And I think this is something we have been seeing, we have been practicing, uh, we are seeing on daily basis that sometimes handling the patient psychologically is more important than the technique we are going to perform. So why patients look for cosmetic procedures? They might have external motivation, like interpersonal agendas and social agendas. Now, this is becoming big today. The impact of the social media is outstanding. And sometimes people comment on others. And sometimes I have patients coming to tell me, I want to do this procedure. So I tell them, why? You don't need this procedure from my point of view. And the answer is that every one of my friends is asking me, why didn't you have fillers till now? Why are you keeping yourself that bad? Although she, is, she doesn't really need anything, but there is pressure from the society. Those bloggers and those people on the social media using filters are always giving the impression to the patients that they have um, flawless skin and they look great. Uh, without makeup or whatever, which is not the case, not the reality. So patients are coming to ask for something which is not possible practically. So it is really our, uh, our role to uh, teach the community, teach the patients what is realistic and what is not realistic. Uh, if they are looking good, it is important to give them the self-confidence and explain to them that you don't really need the procedure you are requesting. Uh, this is building trust. This is building the self-confidence for the patient. And it's very important to spot, not just to rush to do a procedure and get money from that patient while this is not going to reach the patient to the desired goal she's thinking of. So this is the external motivation. Internal motivation, like long-standing feeling about deficiencies, strong commitment to change. Some people are having those kind of personalities and would like to have change all the time. And instead of going and dyeing her hair, she would like to have some fillers or some Botox or something she might not need. And finally, there are some psychological disorders which are motivating patients to go and ask for cosmetic procedures like depression, narcissistics, perfectionist, and dysmorphophobia. As dysmorphobia is something which is becoming very uh, uh, prevalent, I would like to stress a little bit on. So dysmorphobia is the self-detested body image in fancy deformity that no mirror and no surgeon can correct. This is the definition by Lady in 1966. The patients are seeing things which are not existing. When they look at the mirror, they are seeing things which are not there in reality. There are some patients who will look in the mirror and see pimples or lesions on the skin which are not there. Or when she is looking in the mirror, she is thinking that she's much more fat than the reality or whatever. She doesn't like her body, although in reality, this, is not, this problem is not existing. 
So this is the dysmorphophobia. Uh, when we uh, have no problem to fix, we don't fix. It is as simple as that. But we are seeing that every day in our practice. We are seeing patients coming with no problem and they want to do something because of any of the three motivations I mentioned. So what do patients want? Sometimes they come with undetermined goal. They want sometimes to look younger, to be more attractive, to look like celebrities, bringing some photos of uh, some celebrities or whatever. Or sometimes they come with specific demand, eliminate wrinkles, improve skin texture, decrease signs of aging, or correct certain problems. And those are better group to work with. Now, does cosmetic procedures produce psychological benefits? Yes, they improve the self-esteem, they improve the body image, and they improve the quality of life. And no, if the patient is having depression or anxiety, or if it is causing depersonalization, if we are changing the facial features and the patient cannot recognize herself or himself when looking at the mirror. This is depersonalization and it's not good. So there are some keys of success, like proper patient selection becomes even more important to the entire procedure process. Good candidates hope to boost their self-image and their self-esteem. Dermatologists and cosmetic surgeons should attempt to distinguish patients as emotionally appropriate or inappropriate. And this is very important because if the patient is emotionally inappropriate, it's much better not to touch. So there are some contraindicated uh, or contraindicated patients like patients who are having self-mutilation, patient having major depression, agitated on the day of the procedure, if the patient is having suicidal thoughts or psychotics. Those are contraindicated patients to be undergoing aesthetic procedures. Ideal patients are patients who are having no obvious psychopathology, well-defined areas of dissatisfaction, realistic expectation, and they have the internal motivation. Those are the ideal patients whom we like to work with and the outcome is usually going to be satisfactory as long as we are able to uh, deal with their expectations and uh, uh, discuss with them what are the expected outcome. We should not entertain people asking for certain procedures without the appropriate uh, justification from our scientific point of view uh, as doctors and as human beings. So this is a wake-up call to, to say no when the aesthetic procedure requested by the patient is not really indicated and not required. Again, such an important subject. Absolutely. Because of the overwhelming response to the first episode, we prioritized bringing you episode two. We are lucky to have such great listeners and we will continue to provide you information that informs and inspires you. Of course, webcasts like the one we just listened to are available on demand for EADV members as part of the EADV learning. For more information about membership, go to EADV.org. We thank Professor Badawi for making such important information available, and we would like to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in and giving us feedback. If you enjoy these podcasts, make sure you follow us on Spotify or subscribe on Apple Podcasts to make sure you get the newest episodes delivered right to you. We appreciate you joining us and look forward to presenting more interviews, research, and other topics of merit. Until the next episode, take care of your skin. <laughs>